Hi, this is Pat Braff from Fink and Paris Insurance Agency. Welcome to our podcast, Local and Mighty, the podcast about Massachusetts personal and commercial insurance in plain English, mixed in with a little bit of fun. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Fink and Paris podcast, Local and Mighty. It's me again, Pat Bruff, and today I have with me Jen Ewers from the Florence office. Hey, Jen. Hello. As always, thank you for joining me, Jen. Uh, I often have to convince folks uh, to join me, and thankfully you were totally on board. Well, at least you were until we started reading all this, right? (laughs) (laughs) I won't argue that. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Jen is the newest member of the Fink and Paris team. And as with all of our episodes, we start by giving our guests some time to tell us kind of who they are and how they ended up here at Fink and Paris. So I'm going to turn it over to you for a minute or so. Jen, take it away. Thank you, Pat. My name is Jennifer Ewers. I am new to the Fink and Paris insurance team, but I've been an insurance agent for over 17 years. I'm a proud UMass Amherst alumni. I have been helping individuals and families with their insurance needs in and around the Pioneer Valley since 2004. The number one question that I'm asked by realtors, home buyers, attorneys, bankers, mortgage brokers is, does this home need flood insurance? So all of these conversations over the last 17 years have led us to today's podcast. All right. Well, Jen, I just want to say thank you for uh, for joining our team. We're very excited to have you. It's it's uh, we've run in the same circles for a long time in the in the valley. So it's great to have you uh, as a member of the Fink and Paris. Thank you. Team. I'm very happy to be here. Excellent. So, Jen, as we're recording this episode, it's mid March of 2021, and that means that spring is in the air. And actually, if we look out the window, it's pouring. <laughs> it um, spring is a time in New England when it could be 65 and sunny, which it's going to be in a couple of days. Or or it's going to be 25 and snowing, which they're saying saying this rain could be turning into snow any minute now. And the longer I think it rains during the day, the more I'm hoping that it's not going to snow. But that does mean uh, it's that time of the year where depending on how much uh, snow snow there's been or how much rain we're getting in the spring, it also means that it's the time when there typically is flooding um, in spots actually here in the valley. And so with that, we thought it'd be a great time to do a podcast about flood insurance. So Jen, what's up with flood insurance? Pat, that's a great question. What is up with flood insurance? (laughs) (laughs) But first and foremost, Pat, I do want to mention that flood insurance is a separate policy that you need to purchase on its own. All right. So it's not, it's not just automatically part of my homeowner's policy. No, it is not. And many people sadly assume that it is. Yep. Yep. But I do want to start with a little bit of history. Okay. In 1968, Congress established the National Flood Insurance Program. We call it NFIP for short. Congress enacted the NFIP in response to the lack of availability of private insurance and continued increases in federal disaster assistance due to flooding. At that time, flood was viewed as an uninsurable risk and coverage was virtually unavailable from private insurance markets following all of the flooding from the Mississippi River in the early 1960s. The NFIP is a federal program. It's managed and underwritten by the Federal Emergency Management Administration, FEMA. And this has three components. It provides flood insurance, improves floodplain management, 
and develops flood maps of all the flood hazard zones. Isn't it crazy to think there was like no way they like they had this thing that they said we just can't insure. Right. It. And you like, think of the Mississippi River and the size right. and all of the people and everyone wants to live near the water. Right. Right. Exactly. Water has attracted people forever. Exactly. So flooding is the most common and costly natural disaster in the United States. So that amazing Mother Nature is not particular, and a flood can happen anywhere to anyone. For sure. And in fact, between 2014 and 2018, over 40% of NFIP claims were outside of high-risk flood areas. In other words, places that were not designated as prone to flood and would people would not have thought about having flood insurance experience this loss. We see on TV all the time, in particular this time of year, entire communities that are flooded, and it's terrible. Yeah, it's bad. It's and not good. And it doesn't <laughs> take much water. Even yep. one inch of flood water in your home causes an estimated $25,000 in damage. It's crazy. It's crazy, you know. Um, just to jump off the flood talk for a minute, and I know I told Jen I wasn't going to do this, but, you know, water damage is, like, huge. Like, it, we've... We've gone to a lot of fires, uh, claims for fires. And yes, the fire does damage, but it's interesting. Like sometimes, like it's a small fire, but they put yes. all this water on there and it, the water does a ton of damage. So, sure. so I can easily see that, you know, yep. having, uh, you know, just a little bit of water, even flooding the basement. Sure. And the drywall wicks up the water. Exactly, so the water, it's, exa- it's never, never just an inch. Correct. There is so much water damage there. And then down the road, there's the mold and yep, there's the yep. other. All those things. Water is a, it's a beast. <laughs> it is a beast. So, um, so tell me, does everybody need a flood policy? Uh, maybe. That is such a loaded question. <laughs> that's always a good, yeah, that's a good answer. Right, always. right. Yeah. It depends. And call us. Yeah, yeah. But actually, in all seriousness, if you live in a high risk flood zone, you need a flood policy. But there are certain things really that triggers when you actually need a policy. You know, if you have a mortgage and you live in a high-risk flood zone, um, we can pretty much guarantee that the bank or whatever financial establishment that you're working with requires the flood insurance. But if you don't have a mortgage, you could not need it. I'm kind of putting up my air quotes (laughs) um, because you do need it. It's just not forced. Right, right. So, so you're saying that there are areas that are considered flood zones that like somehow they decided, somebody decided, right, that, that this is an area that's prone to flooding. Exactly. So when we say flood zones, these are geographic areas that FEMA has defined according to various levels of flood risk. These zones are depicted on a community's flood insurance rate map or the flood hazard boundary map. Each zone reflects the severity or the type of flooding that's expected in this area. So are there, so are they, how are they labeled like, oh, this is, this is one is the very worst flooding area or there a hundred is the worst or how does that work? Close, close. So just like car insurance, I tell people to kind of keep in mind, just like we're all trained, you know, that the area that you live in is one of the rating factors for your car insurance. Right. So flood insurance is the same way. Okay. So the flood map shows your area and that corresponding flood zone. So, for example, flood zone A Mm -hmm. has a 1% annual chance of flooding. So this is what's referred to as the 100-year flood zone. Banks always require flood insurance here. Okay. The other high-risk zone is the V, V for velocity. Okay. This is essentially the same zone as that zone A. There, it's that 100-year flood zone area, 
but it's coastal. So there's that additional velocity from storm waves. Yeah, yeah. Coastal is always like, isn't there like some uh, certain miles from the coast that's all flood zones, really? I yes. Mean, okay. I'm not going to quiz you on no, that and how thank far. You, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> but there are other zones that are, are much lower risk areas. Yep. You know, for example, there's B for boy, C for Charlie, X for X-ray. Mm-hmm. Um, the X zone, for example, that's your lowest risk area. That is outside of a, of the 500-year flood map. So essentially, I mean, no one's blank on right. a flood map. Right. Every area is zoned. Some kind of zone, yep. So how do we look it up? How do how do people know how what's the way to figure out what flood zone you're in? Yes, yes. So on, so fortunately this um the entire country has been mapped out. We are able to obtain a flood zone determination. Okay. And um I know in our office we have an old file cabinet back there full of a bunch of these maps that somebody said I could never throw away because they're flood zone maps, but I have to believe that a lot of that's online now or we can find it online somewhere. Yes, yes. And the maps have been updated. So fortunately, they do not have to be updated every time someone buys a house. Okay. But keep in mind, there could be an elevation certificate on file at the town hall or with the registry of deeds. And if a flood zone, um, if an elevation certificate has never been done, just keep in mind, this is an additional cost. And okay. the, the cost in this area I've seen is about $1,000 and yeah. it increases from there. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's. Different, you have to find the right person to do it or right or surveyor to do it, right? So that's right. All right. So let's let's be clear about flood. Um, because in reality, uh what I think is a flood and what the policy thinks is a flood are two different things. I always, you know, um I get called a lot to go out to claims and uh someone's like, I have like, oh my god, it's the worst. My basement is unbelievably flood. It's crazy, and I go there, and there's like a gallon of water in there. Because what's you know what what one person thinks is horrible is to us sometimes isn't bad. But but what is the po- like? What is the policy? How do they determine great. what's a flood? Yep, that is a great question. And the flood, as defined by NFIP by the National Flood Insurance Program, is an area of two acres or two properties submerged underwater. All right, so it just can't be like so a, that wet basement. Yeah, that wet basement isn't necessarily it's not flood. Qualifying. It's not not quite a flood. Um, so if um, I have a spot that happens to fill with water in my yard because of you know poor drainage or whatever, that you know could fill up and somehow get into my basement, that's not necessarily substantial amount because it's it's not the two acres and it's not taking over two properties, right? Right. That's a problem that you need to address, but it's not considered a flood. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, so wouldn't my normal homeowner's policy react to, to some kind of flood if I had a you know flood in the basement or something like that? You know, in reality, most external water sources that get into your house is not covered. So okay. if that spot in the yard fills with water and ends up in your basement, I mean, most likely the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Um, there are many reasons you could have water in the basement that are covered. Um, pipes bursting, uh, yep. any damage from an ice dam, yep. if your bathtub or toilet overflows, those are all covered losses. Hot but water you, heater. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So you should always call your agent and have this conversation. We certainly do not want to say today that, you know, any water claim um, goes back to flood insurance. Right, it's, right. Not that, um, but you do want to have the conversation with your agent. Our answer is uh, always like, we'll put it in, we'll talk to the the claims folks and let's get an answer from them officially before we, we have to worry about it. So, all right. So let's say I need a policy. Like what's the next thing I need to do? 
Sure. My first piece of advice is always plan ahead. Yep. So especially if you're buying in a high-risk flood zone, um, a flood zone determination may take longer to obtain. Okay. So sometimes they're manually mapped. So yep. instead of us just clicking a, a request and instantly receiving it, sometimes um, NFIP wants a person to look at the area. Um, or maybe it's been recently remapped right, and they're right. just getting their documents together. They don't have and all those maps like I have in the closet. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yep. And it would take us a while, right. too, to pull them if we had to. So, again, we do need a little bit of time. Yep. And because without that flood zone determination, I mean, we can't quote it. That really is the first step. So really try to give as much time um, as you can. And I also want to mention that if you're questioning flood insurance on a home that you already own, um, and it's raining outside, and you've seen <laughs> on the news that you know other areas of the country are flooding. Yep. There is a thirty day waiting period. Okay. So keep in mind that you know if this is something you've been thinking about some time, the bank isn't requiring. Um, there could be a thirty day waiting period involved. Okay. So right. again, it, it, flood just takes a little more time more yep. than a standard home insurance or car insurance. Yeah. So um, is the flood uh, like my homeowner's policy? You have to come up with some kind of replacement cost for my house and for all my stuff in there. Like, how does that how does that work? Where do they where do you come up with, or what is the information you need to kind of come up with that? Sure. Well, as I mentioned before, the flood zone that you live in is the biggest driver of the cost. Okay. So the NFIP coverage for residential property is capped. The maximum amount of coverage on the building coverage is two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And for your personal items, the maximum amount of coverage on this standard NFIP policy is $100,000. Okay. All right. So what if my house is worth like worth way more than $250,000 or maybe way less than $250,000? What happens then? Sure, sure. So less, um, less insurance can be purchased. Okay. If you have a, a mortgage on the house, the bank requires you to cover the mortgage amount, the, uh, the unpaid mortgage value. Um, is what the bank will require you to cover. So there are uh, instances where if you have a more modest house or if your loan amount is beneath that $250,000, you can definitely cover less. But if more coverage is required, we can purchase more. So you have to get a separate, uh, that's a separate policy then. So you'd have like your homeowners, a flood, and then in another excess policy, policy yes, can cover that additional amount if you need coverage beyond the $250,000 limit. Okay. All Mm -hmm. right. Great. What are some of the other factors involved? Sure. There are other factors involved in, in the pricing. It involves like how the house was designed. Okay. Um, is your house elevated? Are there vents in the garage or downstairs? And how much of a deductible are you willing to carry? Yeah. So yeah. all of these factors help determine the rate and the pricing of your flood policy. And I also want to note here that for commercial properties, the limits that you can buy through NFIP are $500,000 for the building and the contents. But as we mentioned below, you can certainly buy more if more coverage is needed, or you can carry a lesser amount okay. of coverage. Right. So are there ways to, to pay less? I mean, it sounds like a flood policy can be kind of expensive. There are some ways that we can save. You can have the elevation certificate done by a surveyor, and the prices do vary. So we definitely want you to um, call around. Maybe someone has come out to your neighborhood in the past, and there's already a a relationship or they're familiar with the area, yep. definitely call around and see um, who's willing to to sort of work with you in this event. The realtors sometimes know, like, right? They're, they that have is connections. true. Yeah. Yes. Like, yes. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Yes. 
And the certificate will calculate the lowest floor elevation. Okay. So once the surveyor determines this value, this is compared to the base flood elevation that's shown on the flood map. So the higher that your lowest floor is above this base flood elevation, the lower the risk and then the lower the cost. Oh, that's good. That's good. So remember, as I mentioned before, you really should check to see if the prior owners had an elevation certificate if there's one on file. Mm -hmm. I mean, and again, you can check with the community, um, especially if these are sort of wet areas, um, then then many areas that are known to be questionable. I mean, the the city folks will be very aware. And like I said, the prior owners, if they're selling the property, it's in their interest, you know, to to have this purchase go through. So they're pretty good about sharing the information. And real estate, the realtors are are usually pretty good about that too. I mean, they're they're trying to sell the house. So if they ask the question first, like, hey, do you guys have an elevation certificate? That's an added kind of I don't want to say incentive or feature when you're buying the house. It's another asset of Absolutely. the house. You know what I mean? So that you don't have to do that again. Unless, of course, you've done some massive addition, then there might be some some questions about Got that. Um, so the certificates and buying insurance does seem a little bit of, uh, expensive. Um, doesn't a federal disaster assistance help? So whenever there's a flood, I see a flood on TV. You see, you see all the, you know, once they've, you know, hopefully no one's injured and, and, you know, the helicopters and they're trying to, to make sure everybody's good to go. Um, but the next thing you know is like it's some kind of natural disa- or disaster or relief fund and, and the government's writing checks for folks. So how does that work? So, you know, maybe I, maybe I don't need a policy. Maybe I could just use that. Sure, sure. Federal disaster assistance may be available, but we have to remember that this only applies when a presidential disaster declaration is made. Okay. So this doesn't happen with every flood. It doesn't happen with every wet spring. Right. It doesn't happen every time there's a, a warm up and all of Vermont's <laughs> melting very yep. suddenly. The Connecticut River is, you know, doing what the Connecticut River does. Yep. Exactly, exactly. Yep. So that Presidential disaster declaration just doesn't happen every time someone is impacted by flooding. Right. And right. we also want to keep in mind that this disaster assistance could be in the form of a loan. Okay. And as you know, like with any other loan, that loans have to be paid back yep. with interest. So if you had a claim, if you received a claim payment on an existing policy, I mean, claim payments are never repaid. Right, right, right. So, you know, it sounds like it's better and quicker turnaround time to, to make you whole because that's always, you know, insurance is here. We're here to make you whole. We're here to make sure that right. you're you're back in your house, you're back living and, and what's, you know, and and having to wait like those, those des- declarations of disaster sometimes takes weeks. You know, it's not something that happens right away or for them to get the ball rolling exactly. to get checks out to people. Exactly. Whereas if you have a carrier, you know, you have an, a, an agent or a carrier, however you're, you're, you're doing this. Um, you got somebody calling you, right? You got a, you got some kind of adjuster calling you. you they know they usually send, you know, for a big flood, like if it's a big flood, they have a disaster team that goes out sometimes and, and helps, you know, do stuff right there on, on the go. So, um, so do, so do we always have to get a policy through the government, through the NFIP? Is that, is that the only place I can get an insurance policy or a no. flood insurance policy? Let me clarify. Yep. No problem. No private flood insurance is now available. So over the years, the private flood insurance has nudged its way into the market. Mm-hmm. And the Bigger Waters Act requires that lenders accept private flood insurance now. So we do have some alternatives and there are some benefits with this. 
So private flood insurance policies are not limited to those $250,000 building or okay. $100,000 limits. Yeah. And they can also offer some additional coverages. They can offer loss of use coverage or additional living expense coverages. And these are not included on that standard NFIP flood insurance policy. Oh, that's interesting. That's and then good. they can also offer replacement cost on your home and your contents. Yeah. So yeah, those, again. those are great. I mean, that sounds more like, like, I think folks are more used to those terms, like as far as a homeowner's policy. So exactly. And, and to think that that government flood, flood policy covers everything like that is not, not the case, right? Correct, correct. But, you know, there are also other things to think about. So a private flood carrier could choose to decline you or okay. they could non-renew your policy. Okay. So the driving force here is that um, private insurance companies are using their own modeling systems. So um, with that, the flip side is they can decide that a house is outside of where they're willing to risk. Okay. Um, whereas the standard that National Flood Insurance Program accepts everybody, they will not cancel or deny your policy as long as you pay your insurance premiums. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pay, right? That's the, the big... I do want to mention good, that. That's yes. a very good uh, uh, little piece to throw in there because... Uh, just a so, reminder. Just a remind, gentle <laughs> reminder, that's for sure. All right, so what are some of the things that a homeowner can do to try and help mitigate flood damage? So let's assume they get a, an insurance policy, so they have you know, that as kind of their, you know, insurance. <laughs> and so what are some of the things we could sure. do before before sure. the flood happens? Yes, there are things you can do because, I mean, the goal is to prevent a flood from happening. Right. So you can elevate your utilities. Yep. Um, that's very, very helpful. You can install flood openings and venting throughout your home. You can fill in your basement. I mean, that prevents the water from collecting. That's one way to keep the water out of the basement, right? Is just fill it I in, know, right? No, clearly. Um, <laughs> Indoor pool. No, right, not that, right. not no, that no, no, way. No. Not that way. Not that way. Not that way. Just remember the water always wants to go down. Exactly. So we're just trying to prevent from having that yep, um, exactly. from happening. And, you know, as much as we joke, you know, you can elevate the home. Yeah. So we've all seen the place on Route 5. Yeah, I was going to say, we, we, um, I remember that's been probably five years now, but there, there's yes. a house over on Route 5 for anybody who's from the area knows that every spring when the Connecticut River, you know, thawed and and overflowed that whole first floor that that yes. place was underwater every single we time. We could see it yeah, from the so road. Yep. I think if I remember correctly, they got some kind of grant to do that or something along those lines they were helped some way so that um and then we watched it they basically jacked the house up and made the first floor concrete now and basically their basement so that the water wouldn't get in there. So That's it. That's a great, that's definitely one way to avoid <laughs> having to, to pay claims uh, for a flood. I bet you that probably cost them less to do that than the amount of, that they were paying out for claims. Exactly. You know, so, all right, Jen, I think uh, that we're pretty close to the end here. Can you believe it? I can't. <laughs> so um, there's a lot of information about flood, but I hope that everyone is listening has enjoyed it and has learned a little bit about flood, right? Thank you, Pat. Yes, I think this was great. This was I see, great. It, and I told you it was going to go by quick. You're right. I mean, you, did. <laughs> you did. You told me so. You got it. I did. I did. Yes, yes. But Pat, I do want to quickly mention that anyone can contact me with, with questions. I do sincerely mean that. Really, any realtor, any home buyer, a current homeowner, this truly is the number one topic that folks have reached out to me through the years. And please continue to use me as a resource. I'm very happy to answer any questions. I'm very happy to provide you or anyone on your team with that flood zone determination. I'm happy to make some recommendations for surveyors or um, folks to contact at your city or town. 
We can look at the mass land, um, the registry of deeds information online together. So please feel free to reach out. You can call me, you can email me anytime. That is a sincere. Yeah, again, our our goal today was to really kind of scratch the surface and get folks thinking about it, especially if you're new, maybe you're a new home buyer. This is kind of the things and you never heard, you never been anywhere where you needed flood. So that, that was our goal here to really kind of scratch surface, get, get folks to call us, get folks to call you and, and, uh, and get the ball rolling. So that brings us to, uh, the, my favorite part. Well, not my favorite part, but one part of the, uh, podcast only because I know it's towards the end. So maybe that's why it's kind of like a favorite part. Um, that part of the podcast, it's called That's Just Not True. The part of the episode that features one of the things we hear from our customers or we read on the internet about insurance that is just not true. And today's is super easy, super quick. Uh, so if you've listened to the last 24 minutes, you should be able to answer that question, this question. And uh, so the question that we hear is, I don't need flood policy. It never floods here. And my homeowner's policy is going to cover that. Guess what? Not true. Not true. It's just not true. You should know by now that uh, your the flood policy isn't going to... You know what we didn't uh, talk about either is earthquake. Maybe that could be a whole nother podcast yes. because earthquake is right along the same lines of that's an entirely separate uh, piece. So, that's right. So, not automatically included. Exactly. Yes. Oh, so, so you might hear me again. So you very well may hear uh, Jen again. You'll hear Jen again either way, but that's, that's for sure. So uh, Jen's... Thanks for closing. Uh, thanks for closing. So I was doing so good. Thanks for uh, for joining me today. My pleasure. Uh, it's been really great. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Yes, I think we should quickly mention today the Valley Advocates Best of the Valley voting. Ah, yes, 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 yes. It is that time. It's spring, so spring means Valley Advocate has their uh, Best of the Valley uh, readers poll is opened. Fink and Paris, we have been honored to win the award for the last eleven year, or ten years. I'm 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 being optimistic about eleven, but for the last ten years, we have won this award, and it's thanks to. All of you, our customers, our friends, our family, uh, who have taken five minutes to go to uh, valleyadvocate.com, look for the uh, section called At Your Service, Best Local Insurance Agency, and click vote. Matter of fact, I think if you click on um, the uh, At Your Service and Local Insurance Agency, hopefully we come up first, actually. So you can just put a little check there. It's really easy. Uh, it's really quick. And, and we would greatly appreciate it. So. Right? You'll appreciate that, right? Absolutely. (laughs) All right. So thank you all for listening today. And we really hope you found this informative. And remember, if you're looking for insurance here in Massachusetts for your home, auto, or any commercial operation, you can find us at insuringyourway.com. And of course, on any of our social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or Instagram, and actually YouTube too. We have our last podcast over there. Uh, If you're listening, make sure you stay safe. Wear a mask, practice social distancing, and wash your hands. Thank you for listening to Fink and Paris Insurance Podcast, Local and Mighty. Have a great day. Have a great day, Jen. Thank you, Pat.